You're listening to the Douglas Jacoby Podcast. Here we bring you some of the material found on Douglas's website in podcast form. We hope that as you listen, you're challenged to think about faith. Today, Douglas continues his series, 40 Days with James. Now looking at Only One Judge. For more on this episode, follow the link in the show notes to Douglas's website. Now here's today's teaching. This is day 27 in our time with James, and the title of today's message is Only One Judge. Last time, the reflection was called Humble Yourself in the Sight of the Lord. That's a great scripture. It's a great song. It's a song I love to sing in the prison chamber where Jesus was held after his arrest. If you ever go on a tour of Jerusalem, you can visit the remains of the a residence of the high priest, uh, and it was in that compound where Jesus was held after his arrest and before his crucifixion. I like the way Spurgeon put it. Spurgeon was a British preacher in the late 1800s. True prayer is neither a mere mental exercise nor a vocal performance. It's far deeper than that. It's a spiritual transaction with the creator of heaven and earth. And real prayer, I think, and and, and spiritual songs have a power to really uh, transform us. I think we agree with Tozer again. It is because of the hasty and superficial conversation with God that the sense of sin is so weak and that no motives have power to help you to hate and flee from sin as you should. I think that's right. Uh, to be godly, it's not just activities that we're doing, but we need to understand who he really is. Um, and I, I hope that we are inspired as we spend time daily in God's word. Well, here's our text for today. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you're not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There's only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? And that's our text. There'll be one more section of James, uh, the the final five verses that uh, have words of Uh, advice or direction to entrepreneurs. We'll look at that next time. But what's the background of this passage? Again, in the three years before James died, and um, there was tension throughout the first century, but just in those last few years, say 59 to 62 AD, there were all kinds of quarrels between the lower priests who were aligned with the populace of Jerusalem. These are the ones who didn't make so much money. And then the powerful aristocratic Sadducean priests. Remember, the Sadducees were the party of wealth, and they were more secular. The Pharisees were more the party of the people, more biblical. And uh, these priests uh, were at odds with each other over social and economic issues. Not surprising. And Josephus, the great statesman and historian of the first century, he reports that the acrimonious debate uh, going on was characterized by name-calling. And he also said, and when they clashed, they used abusive language and threw stones. So this is, uh, uh, yes, this is definitely speaking against a brother uh, and uh, sitting in judgment on those brothers. This was a very tense time 
in the mid-first century. And we too can be uh, tempted to say things that we should not say. Notice we're back on the topic of the tongue. So there are a few things that come out of this passage. One, of course, is slander. The ancient rabbi said, he who slanders another thereby slanders God. They also said, whoever speaks against the true shepherd is like one who speaks against God. Uh, Slander, uh, there's just nothing good about slander. And then judgment. We're not to judge others. That is to speak against them. I still struggle to understand this passage, even though I'm going to give you, um, I think, a helpful analysis of judging and what that actually means in the Bible, because it's very misunderstood. But I'll confess, I still struggle to understand exactly, uh, I I don't know, for, for this to penetrate my heart and for me to fully embrace it is difficult, maybe because I'm judgmental by nature. But that's what's going on here. There's judgment. Uh, There are words that are intended to hurt. And James points out that it is not in our power to save or destroy. So we're not the judge. Did you know that in the evangelical world, John 3.16 is no longer the most popular and quoted passage? And what I'm telling you is nothing new. It's been that way for more than a decade. The most <laughs> common passage is Matthew 7, 1. Judge not, lest you be judged. Because I think in the evangelical world, we've come to a point where we don't really talk about sin anymore. And if someone uh, is afraid that, well, he or she might be offending someone, they'll, they'll say not to judge and you'll hear atheists say that. All kinds of people say that. You know, no, or they'll simply say, no judgment. Well, to some extent, I, th- I think it's good. It's nice to be reassured that people are still positive towards me. They still like me, even though they may say something I don't totally agree with. Okay, that could be respectful. On the other hand, isn't it kind of silly? I mean, we're supposed to use our, our brains, and there are certain conclusions we're supposed to come to. We, we can't just be indefinite and neutral on everything. But anyway, I thought you would find that interesting. When my wife and I first moved uh, to, uh, well, it wasn't for her, it was her first move within Europe because she was she's British. We, we moved to Sweden. Uh, it's a permanent move. We had lived in Australia before as well. But when we made that move to Sweden, and we were there a long time ago, uh, 1989, 1992, um, and at that point, I had already lived in Europe for seven years, and uh, I thought, we need to talk about judging, because Sweden is such a neutral country in so many ways. And all around Europe, and increasingly in Western culture, it's very unpopular if you say something that appears critical of anyone else. And I think, in a sense, that's good, that respect, in a sense, it's not good. We're, we're very thin-skinned now. But I put together a study called Judge Not, which is in uh, the notes uh, for this, if you want to look at it. Um, uh, I've got the link to the, to the original study. The kind that Jesus refers to in Matthew 7 is hypocritical judging. Paul also refers to this in Romans 2. I think that's the kind of judgment most people have in mind when they say you shouldn't judge. Of course, if they're criticizing us for judging and they're saying that 
um, you shouldn't judge, then we could always say, but you're judging me. You're telling me I shouldn't do something. <laughs> That's why I think sometimes this discussion can get a bit silly. But Jesus did tell us to get the log out of our own eyes so we can see clearly. Yet, um, and then we can help our brother. So he expects us to do some judging, just not hypocritical. And then, in fact, the very next uh, passage, uh, he, he warns us about throwing pearls to swine or giving dogs what's holy. So a second kind of judging is that which is involved in discerning who is receptive to the gospel. So we see that in Matthew 7 and also in Matthew 10. It's not unkind to judge in that way, because otherwise you'll end up hurting someone or boring them or wasting words with someone who's not receptive, or you may end up not sharing with someone who's actually quite receptive. And so... Um, it's what is fairest to all, both to the person at hand as well as to others who may be seeking the Lord. We have to be discerning. A third kind of judgment, uh, which is, is a negative judgment, is superficial judging. Jesus says in John 7, stop judging by mere appearances, make a right judgment. So to do that, we need to get the facts, we need to know the scripture. And that's really the only way to make the right judgment. And without that, we'll make poor decisions. In fact, the whole book of Proverbs exhorts us to make right judgments. A fourth kind is making an assessment, you know, judging for yourself, uh, whether something is true or not. It's just a neutral thing. It's not, uh, it, it means moving from premises to conclusions. Uh, you know, Paul, the apostle, insists that the spiritual person makes all sorts of judgments, 1 Corinthians 2. So that's okay. Now, passing judgment on opinion matters, Romans 14, that's not good. It's wrong to judge others on the basis of peripheral matters or non-salvation issues. Or final judgment, which I also call executive judgment, uh, that's only God's prerogative. We don't sentence people to heaven or hell. No human authority has that kind of uh, ability to judge. In fact, even in our degree of certainty, we still need to leave things to God. So let's not confuse judging in the sense of warning with judging in the sense of sentencing. We have no power, no executive uh, power of judgment. A seventh kind is judging hearts and motives, which is highly problematic. And Paul says, uh, don't do it. He doesn't even judge himself. Judging someone's motives is very difficult unless they, they tell you exactly what's on their heart. Even then, we may misunderstand. Then there's disciplinary judging. Church discipline sometimes requires that action be taken when there's serious sin that's threatening the uh, integrity of the congregation. That can include expelling those who are unrepentant. That's in 1 Corinthians 5. There's judging disputes, 1 Corinthians 6, where Paul says that we should have the collective wisdom to settle our own disputes without going public, without going to law courts. So that's a kind of judgment or discernment that's positive. There's critical judgment, the kind that we're reading here in James 4, like grumbling against uh, people, like rich Christians grumbling against poor Christians or vice versa. And that's clearly going on in, in uh, the background of, of uh, James. And we're not to judge others in a critical, destructive manner. And Ephesians 4.29 speaks of that. Then there's interpreting the scripture. That entails exercising judgment. Uh, there's doctrinal nitpicking uh, here, uh, uh, in like Colossians 2.16. There are lots of passages like this where there are inconsequential, uh, inconsequential matters that uh, people use as a yardstick against which to judge or put down others. 
And, um, you know, obviously some doctrines are key for salvation. But let me just uh, summarize here. I've just run through a dozen kinds of judgment. <laughs> so when someone says, judge not, yeah, well, well, what kind of judgment are you talking about? Because that itself, what you're saying to me, may be a judgment. Well, here are the forbidden forms. Hypocritical judging, superficial judging, condemning in opinion matters, final judgment, judging motives, uh, critical judging, and doctrinal nitpicking. Acceptable forms of judgment, discerning who's receptive, making a right judgment, making a general assessment, that's more neutral, disciplinary judgment, judging disputes, and interpreting the scriptures correctly. So we see that the common plea, judge not, that's a gross oversimplification. We all make many judgments every day. Let's just make sure we're doing it in the right spirit. In our next passage, um, uh, which will be the last uh, section of James 4, uh, called the wannabe rich fool, we'll have to talk about money a little bit. Uh, for now, though, let's pray. We ask you, Master, be our helper and defender. Rescue those of our number in distress. Raise up the fallen, assist the needy, heal the sick, turn back those of your people who stray, feed the hungry, release our captives, revive the weak, encourage those who lose heart. Let all the nations realize that you are the only God, that Jesus Christ is your child and that we are your people and the sheep of your pasture. Lord, your people around the globe need you now more than ever. We are confronted with so much evil, violence, racism, consumerism, atheism, perversion, narcissism. We turn to you for strength and guidance. Yet still, we're not fully devoted to studying your word. Help us to take scripture seriously. We long for your holiness, yet we are beset with sin and struggles and often fail to love our brothers and sisters in Christ, especially those far away or from different backgrounds or cultures. And still in us, the fear of God. We place so much value on being right and are often dismissive of others when their perspectives differ. And that lack of humility must be obvious to the watching world. We're divided, we're divisive, we're so sectarian, we, we fail to recognize the image of Christ in others, and writing them off as non-believers even when the spirit burns hot in their lives. Please root out our sectarianism, that, that evil judgment. Help us to listen. Open our eyes, Father, for we know that Jesus died for the church. Bless the church universal. Keep her faithful to the mission. Amen. We hope you enjoyed Douglas' teaching on 40 Days with James. For additional notes and resources, be sure to check out Douglas' website in the show notes. The website has hundreds of articles, podcasts, and videos for you to access for free. You can also become a premium subscriber and gain access to thousands of online resources from Douglas' teaching ministry. Thanks again for listening.